Five, your neighbor on the way to your seat and tell them, man, you sound good. You look good at church today. Go ahead and have a seat. You sound good. You look good at church today. Awesome. 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 Well, man, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to church. If I've never met you, my name is Dustin, and alongside my wife, Allie, and our family, we get to lead here at Purpose Church, and just grateful that you're, it's Labor Day weekend, and you're at church. Come on, high-five your neighbor and just say, you made it. You made it. Come on, I love that. Labor Day weekend, and you're at church, man. I love it so much. And uh, anybody looking forward to a day off tomorrow, if you got tomorrow off, come on, somebody. It's going to be good. Let's, let's, let's just kind of rest from our labor a little bit, Okay. Well, hey, I'm so honored that you're here, and I want to just celebrate some stuff that God is doing right here at Purpose Church. I just want to just celebrate with you that last Sunday, we had 30 people baptized and go public in their faith. I think we got to thank God for that. I think we ought to just give not just a little golf clap. Come on, that's 30 people that went public with their faith in Jesus last Sunday. Come on, I love that so much. And I just want to celebrate the fact, too, we don't share these a lot. I don't like to necessarily share them a lot because it's not about the number because the number has a name and the name has a story and that story matters to us and it matters to God. But I want to celebrate with you that last week we actually surpassed a thousand people for the second time ever. First time happened at Easter. Then last Sunday we had a thousand seven people worshiping at Purpose Church last week. Come on, can we give God a big shout of praise in this place for that? You inviting your friends, bringing your friends. I just love that so much. And speaking of Easter, the last time that we did have over a 1,000 people, we, uh, we actually sent the, anybody here at Easter, come on, wave at me if that's you. We got planning, we're planning already a little bit, like kind of throwing some vision out for next Easter uh, with our team the other day and kind of walking around, doing some praying, trying to figure out where we're going to go and how we're going to have umpteen services here, what we're going to try and do. We're going to try and like take over the whole football stadium, have church, come on somebody, we might do that, I don't really know. Uh, we're going to figure it out, it's going to be awesome, but at Easter we we always have a survey that we try to do, and, and what it does is it helps us know, it helps me know, our church know what you are interested in when it comes to topics that you're hearing, topics that you're seeing, and then what the Bible has to say. So on Easter of uh, this last year, we actually handed out this survey and filled it out. A lot of you did. Actually, everybody that came did, and we tallied all of those up. Our admin team, shout out to the admin team that tallied them all up. And what we've done is we've actually constructed a sermon series. This sermon series is called Let's Talk About Blank. Somebody say blank. You filled in the blank for us. And so I just want you to know that over the next five weeks together, we're going to answer the questions that you have about the Bible. What does the Bible have to say about certain topics? Again, a lot of them that were on there, finances, prayer, marriage, addiction, parenting, miracles, stress, forgiveness, my identity, about 20 to 25 things that were on this list, and you selected some of them, and I just want to let you know we're going to talk about them the next five weeks. So we're going to talk a little bit about some things next week. We're actually going to talk about sexuality, uh, and so I'll just tell you it's going to be an incredible week to talk about that together. The week after that, we're going to talk about self-harm and suicide. The week after that, we're going to talk about stress. Some people in the room, anybody that's stressed in the room, come on, somebody, right? We're going to talk about how do we handle that, how do we do it God's way, how do we not run to something and try to relieve ourselves uh, or, or like get some relief from our stress, and how do we go to God with that? We're going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk about the second coming of Jesus on the last week. A lot of you want to know, lots of signs going on around us. Let's look at what the Bible has to say and what time we're living in. Anybody excited about what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks? It's going to be good, and I'll tell you. Today uh, is one that was actually written in on a lot of cards at the bottom, and uh, I, I want to just clarify, all of these start with S, and so today what we're going to do, and I want you to write down the title of today's message, is let's talk about skin color. 
Let's talk about skin color. Yes, I like that, all right? I like that. I like that that is something that, again, the world may be very loud about, but the church is very silent about. And what we're going to do is we're going to just break down the scripture. We're going to look at the Good Samaritan, this book, that what we just, or this part of the story that we just read. And listen, I want to just clarify off the get-go, even over the next few weeks, uh, of just my heart behind this series of what we want to do. I want to share with you just my heart from the scripture, of what the, the Lord has laid on my heart, but also answering the questions that you might have. And I want to just start out today, especially when we're talking about skin color, we're talking about race, we're talking about racism, I want to acknowledge that I have a very limited perspective when it comes to that, right? Because I am a white male from Kentucky, Okay. Let's just call it what it is. I'm a white male from Kentucky, and, and I want to just clarify that at the beginning. And I don't have the same experience that some of you may have that are in this place. Some of you that may be watching, some of you may be listening online. But from the very beginning, Purpose Church has always been a place that I wanted to cultivate this atmosphere, this spirit, this heart behind it, that, that even I wrote some stuff down of what I wanted to see in a church before we ever had a church to see it in. Everybody good with that? So, so I, I wanted to write this down, and I wrote it, and it says, I see a church. And I've got like literally like 45 different things. But this is one of them that I wrote down. At the very beginning, and I want you to see it, I want you to know it, I want you to hear my heart. I see a church that embraces all people at all times with compassion and open arms and won't stop until every person in Murray, Kentucky knows their God-given purpose because people are our heart. Listen to me, I'm going to say some stuff today that is going to just get in some of our, our faces, but listen, this is not a white church, this is not a black church, this is not a Hispanic church, this is a Jesus church, and guess what, it should look like all of that together, and that's the church that we're going to be because people are hard. All people of every background, of every kind, people are hard. And I just want you to hear that for me. My heart is so pure as I bring this to you. That, man, I just want to just talk about this very important topic that I believe as Jesus followers, we should be leading the way. That we as Jesus followers should be leading the way when it's showing love to other people. When it's showing love to everyone. So we have this story that we read of Jesus. Anybody just love Jesus and his storytelling? I just love it so much. I love, man, he could just, I mean, he's captivating, man. He's talking and he's telling this story about a Jewish man that's traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And I want you to know, just a little context, there's an eight, that's an 18-mile trek between those two places, all right? It'll take a few days for them to get there. What happens is this guy's traveling between there. He's attacked, he's robbed, he's beaten. And he's left to die. And the first guy on the scene, guess what it is? It's a dude that's got a microphone in his hand. Come on, somebody, right? It's a priest. Priest shows up. What happens is the priest steps over, passes by this guy on the side of the road that was hurting, that was left for dead. And I want you to understand something, that this road was not like a six-lane highway. Come on, right? How many of y'all know? Okay, like move over or get pulled over. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Like, okay, like I get that. Like if you're not going to stop to help, please move over out the way. Come on, somebody. If you're on the side of the road, you don't want somebody running up beside you. You know what I'm saying? That's not what we're talking about here when we're talking about this road from Jerusalem to Jericho. You know what it was like? It was about the width of a sidewalk. Okay, so let's have that context as we're talking about this today. 18-mile trek about the width of a sidewalk, well, enough where they could get maybe a wagon down through it. And what happened was that this priest shows up and sees this guy on the side of the road. And ultimately what he did when he went to the other side of the road, you want to know what happened? He went like this over this guy. I can't do that in skinny jeans. Come on, somebody, I can't, just, I can't lift my leg very high. Okay, so what he had to do was literally he had to step over this guy in order to keep going. 
I want you to see that. I want you to hear that. I want you to know that that's what happened. This is the guy that works at the church. He's a priest. He's supposed to be leading God's people. And he stepped over somebody that didn't look like him. Then the next guy comes along. Come on, it's a worship leader. It's a serve team member. It's somebody that calls Purpose Church home. And a Levite or a, a temple assistant shows up. And we see right there that what happens is this temple assistant decides, okay, I'm going to go over and look at him. And then I'm going to step over him as well and keep on going. I want us to see that for a second. Then the last thing that happens is this guy who is a Samaritan. And the Samaritan stops. And everybody, when I say the word Samaritan, come on, one more time. We got a little sound effect happening. Come on, gasp with me on three. One, two, three. When he, Jesus, that was so fun. I just, I don't know why I like that so much. Maybe it's the ADHD. I don't really know. But like the Samaritan, come on, when I do like this and I say Samaritan, that means everybody involved. Okay, right here. Samaritan stops. And mouth drop, shocking moment. Literally, that's what's happening. That's what's going on in the story. Jesus is telling this story. You know why? Because Jews hated the Samaritans. And you know what? Vice versa. The Samaritans hated the Jews. And what I want you to see is that generation after generation after generation, there was hatred passed down from one generation to the next. And I got to thinking about it. You know what? Racism isn't born. Racism isn't inherited. Racism is actually taught. And guess what? From generation to generation, they were teaching them to hate somebody that didn't look like them. They were teaching them to say, hey, no, 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 we want nothing to do with that person. And what I want us to see is that there's some context with this. Because about 700 years before this, so for centuries, 700 years, these people have been hating each other. Hating each other. So what happened was the Jewish people were in exile, which means they weren't in their homeland. They weren't where they were supposed to be. And what happened was Jews intermingled and married with foreigners who happened to worship idols, and they began adopting their beliefs. And those people had kiddos, and those kiddos were known as Samaritans. And so what happened was Jewish people, because these people are, are literally a couple of different races that were mixed together, the Jewish people began shunning, hating, having nothing to do with Samaritans because they believed they were a mixed race who practiced impure, half-pagan religion. And what began to happen was Jesus right here, guess what he's doing? He's speaking to a Jewish audience. So when I say Samaritan, that's what's happening. I want you to see that. I want you to feel that. Like they hated each other. They couldn't stand each other. 700 years, these races had hated each other, but this good Samaritan, come on, good Samaritan, okay, did an incredible act, and watch this, showed love to someone in need that didn't have the same color skin as him, that didn't look like him, that didn't talk like him, that didn't act like him, that didn't have the same background as him, and I think we need to take note, because the heart of the gospel is to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And a few things that we can learn from the Good Samaritan when it comes to loving people who may not look like us, may not act like us, may not talk like us, may not may come from a different background, because this is what I know, and it's not going to be up on the screen, but I want you to know this, it's pretty impossible to love God and hate your neighbor. It's, it's, it's pretty impossible to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength and hate somebody because they don't look like you. And I, I just want to be very clear today that racism, judging somebody based on the color of their skin, has no place in the church of Jesus Christ. 
and we're going to be a church that I'll talk about in a second that fights for unity. That we're going to go all after it together. And I love the fact that Purpose Church is such a, I just love it, man. You look around this place, not one of us look alike. Not all of us have the same background. We'll talk about, I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself because I get so excited thinking about it. But I just love you guys so much because this is a prayer. There's three prayers I want to share with you today that I would pray that we would begin to pray and ask God to do in our life. Everybody good with that? Everybody good? Okay, number one, I want you to write it down. Three prayers. The first one is this. Help me see it. Help me see it. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 31 through 33. Obviously, we just read it, but he says, By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw, excuse me, I just burped into the microphone. I'm so sorry, everybody. I just got to sometimes just call it out because I can't hide that. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, go. When he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. So, so let's just talk about it. The priest saw it. Can we see that? Can we see that up there on the screen? By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man, he saw it, right? Saw him lying there, kept on going. A temple assistant or a Levite walked over, looked at him, and, and, and lying there, but watch what he did. He also passed him by on the other side. And then a despised Samaritan, I love it, came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. So, so I don't know about you, there's a difference in seeing it and actually seeing it. There's a difference. There's a difference there. It may be the same word, maybe the same kind of uh, use in a sentence, but there's a difference in actually noticing it and actually seeing it. And I want to challenge some of us today. Help me, Lord, to see it. Help me open my eyes to the fact that I am not the only one living in this world. Right? It was right in front of three of these guys. They all laid eyes on it, but only the Samaritan really saw it. And I bet if most of us in the room, if we would be really honest, if we had the courage to be really honest today, that somewhere along the way in yours and my life, that you have had some type of prejudice towards someone else out there. If we would be very honest. Can we be honest in church today? Come on. This means yes in Kentucky. Come on. If you don't want to say nothing right now because you're nervous, okay, I get it. Come on. Just shake your head yes. All right. Hey, hey. I think there's all of us in the room that would be honest and say, you know, we have a prejudging, which is what prejudice is. We had, we've had a prejudice or prejudging towards somebody or something in our life. If you know what prejudice actually means in Webster's Dictionary, it defines it as a preconceived opinion that's not based on a reason or actual experience. And what happens is we've all done that. You know why? Because we're all sinful people. And we're all influenced to make wrong judgments about people. How many of us have had these kind of judgments before, right? All rich people are snobs. Come on, right? Maybe you've had that preconceived, that prejudgment before, right? Maybe we're like all heavy people are, are lazy. Maybe you've had that prejudice before. Maybe this younger generation, I'll tell you about that younger generation, they just don't want to work. Come on, somebody. Okay, there's some fact in some of the, that, you know, all right? But for the most part, man, I look around and we got some people in this church that are this younger generation that want to do what God has called them to do, work, serve, have jobs, multiple jobs. Do. But there's some people that we got some prejudice towards. We're putting everybody in the same category. All, all this generation, they're just, they just lazy, they don't want to work. All pastors are crooks. Come on, somebody. All right, we've thought that. We've probably had that cross our mind before. Older people, they don't know what they're talking about. They can't teach, okay? I, I, 
I think if we're being honest in the room, no matter where you're at, you've had these things. White men can't jump. Come on, somebody. Like, you've had these, these prejudices there, right? Okay? We've had these things. Can we be honest in church? Can we? This is really difficult to talk about. I need your help today, okay? Can we be honest in church? I think that every one of us in this room have had a prejudging moment in our life of somebody. And if we would be honest, because it takes courage, it takes honesty, it takes integrity to recognize the truthfully, the, any prejudice, any maybe racism that may be in our life, ultimately admit it and submit it to God and ask for repentance for it. That I am devaluing somebody based on not even knowing or having the experience with them. I'm just going to tell you, it's not a skin color issue, it's a sin sick issue on the inside of us. And I want to challenge some of us today, it's not just a physical problem, it's a spiritual problem. And I'm praying that the eyes of your heart, as Ephesians 1.18 says, would be enlightened. See, our relationship with God should change our relationship with God's people. And so many people are walking around with a pretty face but an ugly heart. Right, you got a priest with a pretty face, and he's got an ugly heart. You got a you got a, a temple servant, somebody just giving and serving and assisting. And guess what? They may have it all together on the outside, but on the inside are full of greed, hypocrisy, racism, and prejudice. And I'm just asking that God would give us eyes to see people who may have different skin color than us, look different than us, talk different than us, grew up on a different side of town than us, have a different background than us, listen to different music than us, that have tattoos, or maybe they don't have tattoos, that have piercings, or maybe they don't have piercings. And we are called to love our neighbor as we're called to love ourselves. And I'm asking that God, would you give us eyes to see it? in my life is there's any sort of prejudice that's going on within me that we would have the eyes to see it and that listen sight would lead to empathy because love is not just a feeling love is an action come on how many of us know that that are married in the room right love is not just a feeling that I have for Allie I have to show her to action I have to, I have to, okay, every day I'm going to prove to her, I'm going to show her how much I love her. How many of y'all have ever heard that, that saying, you know what, you can say it, you can say it, say something about it, but you got to be about it. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about? Right? That's kind of the whole idea. We, look, God, God help us see it, and then watch this. The next thing is this, help me to cross the road. Right? Help me to cross the road. Luke chapter 10, verse 33 says, then a despised Samaritan. Come on, one more time, y'all were, were sleeping right then. Didn't a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Watch what he does. He didn't just see him. What did he do? Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. See, we see in this story right here that there's a big difference between sympathy and empathy. Right? Sympathy's not bad to have. Right? You want to feel sorry for people. You want to feel that maybe in a tough spot, man, I feel sorry for them. That's really what sympathy is. It's feeling sorry for people. But what happens is a lot of times when we're sympathetic, we stay at a distance from people. Right? I feel sorry for people that are struggling. I feel sorry for people that may uh, have walked through a difficult season of their life. And, and again, the temple assistant may have had some sympathy, walked over, he looked at him, probably felt sorry for him, but he kept on going 
And the difference between sympathy and empathy is empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of someone else. You know what I like to say? It's feeling with people. Right? It's feeling with people that I'm going to experience what they're experiencing. I'm going to walk through with them what they're walking through in someone of a different color, someone of a different background, someone of a different upbringing, someone that may be in a different economic status. Listen to me. You may not be able to know in depth how someone is feeling, but you can to choose to understand and be present in the middle of what they're feeling, in the middle of their pain that they're walking through. I want to challenge some of us. It's not making excuses for why someone is hurting, but it's saying that even in the hurt, guess what? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to get to know your story. And that's exactly what the Good Samaritan does. He doesn't understand the pain that this man is going through, but guess what he does? He crosses the street anyway, and he chooses to understand him. He chooses to get into his world. And i got to challenge the church today. When was the last time? That you went over to somebody during Minute Mingle. I'm going to get all up in our grill today. That didn't look like you or exactly fit in the same socioeconomic category as you. Everybody okay? I'm just trying. I'm trying for us to be uncommon. Like what we're experiencing here at this church is not normal. I don't want to be normal. Because normal is divisive. Normal is, hey, pick your crew, stay with your crew, be about you and nobody else. That's normal. We're not going to be normal. We're not going to be a church that's normal. We're going to see it. We're going to cross the road. When was the last time that you had lunch with somebody that was different than you? When was the last time? I'm going to challenge you with that. The first question, this is Martin Luther King Jr., and I read his message of what he preached on this before, and it is incredible. I wish I would have just stood up here and read all of it, closed the Bible as he quoted the Bible, and walked off the stage because it is that powerful. But he said something in it that I just, just stuck out to me. The first question that the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the good Samaritan reversed the question and says, if I do not stop and help this man, what's going to happen to him? And I want to have a church that has some uncommon, dangerous, unselfishness about us. That we are more concerned that what would it look like if we as a church walked out of this place dangerously unselfish. What would this community look like if we walked out of this church today and we were all about other people rather than concerned about all of my well-being just about me? Right, let's be a people, let's be a church who are more concerned with others than we are with ourselves. That we will love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And because of our love for Him, we're going to cross the road. We're going to have some empathy for our brother and sister. And we're going to stand up with those who may not be able to speak for themselves. Come on. If there's a church full of people that believe that, can we just give Jesus a big shout of praise in this place? God, help me to see it. Help me to cross the road. Because why? Empathy should lead to some action. Like, empathy should lead to some action. This is the thing we're going to land a plane on. Help me do something about it. Help me see it. Right? Lord, help me see it. Help me to have a heart to cross the road, to have some empathy in my life. And then listen, help me do something about it. Verse 34 says this, going over to him, 
the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. He's doing something about it, right? Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. And the next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, hey, hey, take care of this man. I'm going to do something about it. If this bill runs any higher than it should, I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. What I got to thinking about is that God has given us all different resources and abilities and influences in order to help others. And he expects us to steward them properly. And the good Samaritan used what he had to make a difference in someone else. And So here's what I want to challenge us with. It's not going to be up on the screen. But I want to throw this to you. Using what God has given us for his glory means that we love the why he gave it to us more than what he gave to us. I'm going to say it again. Using what God has given us for his glory means that we love the why he gave it to us more than what he gave to us. He had to love his neighbor more than he loved his comfort. See that? He had to love his neighbor, somebody that didn't look like him, act like him, talk like him. He had to love him more than he loved his own money. He had to love his neighbor that didn't look like him, act like him, talk like him, that their culture had told them to hate and divide and be apart from them. Guess what? He had to love his neighbor more than he loved his background. And listen, and he chose to do something about it. And that's why I love Purpose Church so much, is that we're going to be a church that's going to continue to do something about it. That we're going to continue that no matter the color of your skin, where you come from, what your background is, what your bank account says, what side of town you grew up on, who you cheer for on Friday nights, what denomination that you grew up in, that we as a church of Jesus Christ are going to fight for unity. That we're going to fight for unity. That the church of Jesus should be the most united, most welcoming, most diverse, most eclectic group of people on the planet. Why? Because unity does not mean uniformity. Listen to me. Unity does not mean that we all look alike. Unity does not mean that we all sound alike, talk alike, dress alike, work at the same places. No, no, no. We may not have a whole lot in common. We may not look alike. We may not talk alike. We may not act alike. We may cheer for the same team. We may cheer for the other team. We may have the same skin color. We may not have the same skin color. But listen to me. There's one common denominator between us. And I'm not talking about math, somebody. I'm talking about the person of Jesus Christ. And that Jesus Christ is Lord. And what sin had separated and what sin had caused division, Jesus Christ has mended because of the cross. And listen to me. We're going to fight for unity. Why? Why are we going to fight for unity? You know why? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that anyone who believes in Jesus will not die but have everlasting life. Listen to me. God loves Asian Americans. God loves African Americans. God loves Latin Americans. God loves Native Americans. God loves Americans who have cats. Come on, somebody. God loves Haitians, Nigerians, Jamaicans, Canadians, Iranians, Tennessee fans, it don't matter. God came and he gave his life for us, the world. 
So listen to me. There is unity in diversity. That unity is not uniformity. I'm not asking this church to all look like me, act like, please don't act like me, okay? (laughs) It is one of the highest joys of my life as I look across this room. I think about the people that are watching online that may not be here. And to think that this guy from Sedalia, Kentucky would pastor multi-generation, multi-ethnic. And I would be able to look out over a crowd of people and see that we're not all from the same background. Praise God. We don't all come from the same upbringing. Praise God. There is unity in diversity. And I said it earlier, the Purpose Church is not a white church. Purpose Church is not a black church. Purpose Church is not a Hispanic church. We are a Jesus church, and Jesus' church should look a whole lot like heaven. And the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, that from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, they're standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hand, and they were shouting with a great war, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne from the Lamb of God. Is there anybody thankful today for a God who was a good Samaritan, who saw us but didn't just have sympathy for us, but he didn't just feel sorry for us and stayed a long way off, but instead the God of the universe left the comforts of heaven to cross the road, put on the earth suit of humanity. He chose to get in our story. He chose to understand what it's like to feel pain and hurt and betrayal and physical abuse and mental abuse and emotional abuse and was willing to do something about our sin problem that separated us from him. And he was willing to go to the cross and said, whosoever will may come. Come on, if we believe that, won't we jump up on our feet? Can we give God a big shout of praise all over this place? Come on, give him a big shout of praise for uniting us because of what Jesus has done, because of what he's done, because of his life that we can be united, that we can stand together, all different backgrounds, all different walks of life because of what Jesus has done. Man, praise God. Stand to your feet. Stay to your feet. Woo! Come on. Let's fight for it. Let's fight for it. We serve a God that was the good Samaritan, like I just said. He was willing to come. He was willing to see us. He wasn't a God that just stayed far off, but he came and crossed the road again, crossed the threshold of heaven to come to earth, put on an earth suit. And listen, that racism, that hatred, that, that sin, that all of that stuff that was in our life, that's what Jesus came to fix on the inside of us. Because again, it's not just a physical problem, it's a spiritual problem. And again, you got to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Listen to me. We're going to be a church that loves our neighbor. We're going to be a place for all people. That people are heart. doesn't matter. But this is going to be a place that, again, I don't know what you did last night. But, but God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to do something in your life. I just, listen, let's go. I always say it, and I don't even know what that means. But let's go. All right? Let's be a church that walks out of this place today 
with a dangerous unselfishness. Asking God, can we see it across the road? Help me to do something about it. Because ultimately, Jesus, you did that for me. So all across this room, would you just bow your heads and close?